Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides. It's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I've built to predict various sports outcomes is actually known as Sideline. You'll learn more about the model during the course of this episode. It's set to cover the seven best college basketball games and one really off-the-wall game scheduled to be played on Thursday, February 9th, 2023. In addition here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. See the Google Sheet link in the show description for sidelines projections on every single game. Remember, this show covers the picks on the best games for the best picks on all games. Stuff on Patreon or Blackbook Sports or different packages and price ranges based on your needs. Also remember, sports are unpredictable, so the discussion on this show is projecting a typical game and not trying to forecast it to a T. So that would be a foolish and impossible goal. We take a long-term view on here. Don't get distracted when a team either can't hit or can't miss from three. So those things balance out in the long run, but are hard to foresee before they happen. In other words, please understand that good and bad variance will occur. So as much as I'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Because, Jared, uh, I say that same thing every show. And, you know, I don't – I don't. I like when that goes our way. I like when we right. have the good variance. Right. Um you know, we and Jake and I talked about it, you know, with the good variance we got Monday. And then yesterday, you know, we were on Marquette and UConn shot over 50% from three, which anytime a team shoots over 50% from three. Yeah, you're done. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. that's what we're talking about. Like, it doesn't matter the handicap you have. It doesn't matter the insights you have. Nothing. That team's just going to roll unless the other team does it too. And then you're in for a fun game, I guess. Um, yeah. The other one, that the UNC game had like 130 points with two minutes to go. And then UNC starts fouling with two minutes to go and there's like 40 points or something crazy in the last two minutes it's just a great reminder of good and bad variants will occur if you had the over that unc game congrats you didn't deserve the win but you got it and sometimes it's better to be lucky than good right right exactly that is 100 accurate yeah um well uh, hopefully we'll be we'll be lucky on today's slate i guess because that's it's again it's always more fun to be lucky um yeah. if nothing else so as i mentioned though we, we take that long-term view we're looking at average games from a particular what in general will happen. Um, I'm not going to predict the team will hit 10% from three or 50%. If I did, I should probably be laughed off, you know, off the show. So uh, yeah. is that sort of thing will happen. I, w- I wouldn't be doing this show with you if you were saying stuff like that. Right, exactly. <laughs> I feel like I would lose all credibility if I was like, I'm thinking they're going right. to hit. I think they're going to miss every three they take tonight. It's like some team, there's a lot of games here. We're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. None of the Wednesday games have happened yet. Between the games Wednesday night and Thursday night, there's a lot of games. Some team's going to go like, oh, for 12 from three. And it's like, yeah. but no one's going to see it coming, right? Even if it's a bad team, you're like, they're going to make one of them accidentally, right? Yeah. Well, and I think we're going to talk about a game uh, later in the show where a team almost did miss all of their threes the first time these two teams played. We are. Absolutely. All right. Well, a little teaser there, but before we get to it all, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. I've already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits to be found over there above and beyond what we do here. $3 per month to get you the play of the day. For another $2 a month, you get all the model picks and access to the Discord chat group. The best place to get questions answered about these or other games or sports. And for $5 more a month, you get ad-free shows and immediate access to every recommended pick. Go to www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor for more details. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Let's get to it. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest a lot of great late games, a lot of good West Coast Conference, Big West, Pac-12 games. Not a lot in the early slate. The only early game we're going to cover, 7 p.m. Eastern, Iowa at Purdue. Obviously, Purdue coming off of that heartbreaking loss um, to Indiana over the weekend. 
Iowa's a team I've really liked backing them as of late. They've been doing pretty well. I think that's mostly come at home, though. They've just been lights out at home. I think on the road, I think that's going to translate to a little bit more struggles. I like laying the seven with Purdue here. The model says 7.4 is the average margin of victory. And I like Purdue here just in the bounce back spot from they played a terrible first half and or had just a really unlucky first half with all the shots Indiana made. That's got to be Iowa's game plan is just go jack up a bunch of threes and just hope they fall. That's mm-hmm. got to be their game plan to win here on the road. Uh, I, I just think after losing that game, Purdue's going to just be an extra step closer, extra hand in the face, that sort of thing, and really make those threes tough to hit. So I like Purdue. I think they can they can pull away in this one. They're the better team at home. As good as Iowa's played, I would like Iowa at home to pull the upset potentially. But on the road, I think it's Purdue winning by more than seven. The total is 152. Model says 149 and a half. So the model would go under. That would align with my theory that I'm not sure I was going to hit a bunch of threes, but I don't know. I just feel like long ago I gave up on playing Iowa unders because you just never know what you're in for with them. So it's just yeah. like a crazy mission. Uh, Kissinger, what do you got? Last time I was on the show, I talked about how I didn't trust Purdue. They had been winning a lot of games, but not covering a lot of those games. Unfortunately well, for them, the only team in the Big Ten that I probably trust less than Purdue to cover a game is Iowa, especially on the road yeah. with how volatile they've been this season. So uh, I think you hit the nail on the head, Purdue being at home, coming off the loss. I feel like it's a really good spot for them. And I'm not sure that I will ever say Iowa on the road is, is ever going to be a, a good spot. So uh, I think laying the seven is a good idea here. Yeah, Iowa just at home has been like felt like they can't miss from three almost basically. But yeah. on the road, it's it's they've had some good they've had a couple good road appearances, but just it's not been quite the same. They've just been a, yeah. a drastically different team home and road. So. Yeah, and, and maybe this is the wake up call that Purdue needed because they were coming so close in so many of those games to losing and finally did lose one. And so maybe like you said, I think they're going to come out and play better than they have the past couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. All right, APM Eastern, UAB at North Texas. Uh, first time around, this game was at UAB. No Jelly Walker for UAB. And that one, North Texas hit 47% from three. UAB hit 10%, only but one of 10. That was the one we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. It was just an everything went wrong performance for UAB, who lost by about 10. And again, without their star player. This time, he's back. A little bit of a revenge spot here for UAB, who I think is the better team on the road getting three points. I think is way too good to pass up. I think UAB's got a great chance to win this outright it should be a really fun clash of styles because uab wants to go fast they, they went a little slower when walker was out which kind of makes sense but with him in there they just run and gun and north texas is slower than i don't even know put whatever word you want they are slower than that it doesn't even matter um slowest team i think in college basketball and i'm not even sure it's close but i just like the road team getting three points here the model says on average it's uab it's it's north texas minus 1.9 would be the right number. So we get a little bit of value here. Again, two and three are common numbers. I think UAB could easily uh, either win this game or lose by two or three being so common. And, and we get we get a win or a push in one of those. So I think the, the road team is the way to go. Uh, total is 128 and a half. Models is 131. But almost like I just said with Iowa, I wouldn't go over a UNT total just because, I mean, maybe yeah. it's a smart play, but it's just not something I want to be invested in because uh, how slow they play. When you talk about a total, this game has the most variance you can possibly imagine because if there's any spurts where one team really takes control and plays their style of basketball, it's going to lead to a really slow game, what UNT wants to do, or a lot more points, which is what UAB wants to do. So real clash of style should be interesting, but I think the road team's got a good shot to pull the upset. If not, grabbing the points still makes sense. Cousin Jared, what do you think? I have so many thoughts on this game uh, because you know what? Dabbling in the you know the big games in college basketball, who cares? I'm all about getting down into the nitty gritty with some of the teams like this. Uh, okay, so first of all, if you if 
alternate totals are your thing. <laughs> Definitely look at an alternate total here because this game is going to have like 123 points or is going to have 140 points. Right. It's not going to come close, in my opinion, to, you know, sideline makes it 131. I don't think it's going to be close to 131. So if that's something that you're interested in, that's one way I, I would look. And, um, and I would I would agree with that. I think that that 131 is that average, right? But yeah, I think this is yeah. the, the, the spread on this distribution is really wide. It's like the yeah. probability. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times when the, when the model makes a total projection, it's like the probability that it lands at that number one or two away is moderately high. I mean, it's not like insanely high, but it's like, it's reasonable. I'm like, yeah, I think this is just a flat distribution where it's like, yeah. it could be the probability that it's out. Like even like 150 is like, sure. Like this could be have 150 or 110. I'd be like, yeah, sure. And, and, and I would not say that about most games. Most games I'd be like, it's probably going to fall, probably going to fall within five or 10 points of the projected total. This one, who knows what's going to happen with the yeah, total? Yeah, I, I think the total could be could be crazy in, in this game. So uh, that's the first thing. To your point, I also think that when fully healthy, UAB is a better team than North Texas. You know, if North Texas plays their style of game, you like getting the three points with UAB. But I'm going to take a little different tact on this because as someone who keeps up with totals a lot and kind of likes to look at pace of play and whatnot. It seems to me that the faster team, I mean, it just seems to be science, right? Like the faster team can push the pace. It's really difficult for the slower team to want to slow that back down once people kind of start get get going up and down the court. I can't tell you how many times that there's been a, a battle of paces between two teams and I'm like, oh yeah, this team plays so slow. There's no way this game's going to go over. And the game still ends up uh, going over because that that uh, faster pace team is just able to get the pace at a level that the slower pace team uh, you know, isn't used to playing at. So in that scenario, you got to love UAB, right? If you feel like this is going to be a faster paced game, then I, I don't think there's a way that North Texas is going to be able to, to hang in there with them. So uh, unless like they it, again hit 47% from three and UAB hits 10% from three, but again, we're not projecting that to happen. Yeah, which I would also, <laughs> I would almost bet that's not going to happen. And probably so, not. <laughs> I, I like taking the, the three points. I think UAB is a slightly better team. I think that they can control the pace of this game. I think it's going to be higher scoring and, and get North Texas kind of out of their comfort zone. Yep, absolutely. Also at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're going to grab the five and a half with Northwestern at Ohio State. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> what do we even do with these two teams at this point? Like um, Ohio State, 11 and 12. And and I know they've had a really tough schedule, but that's just jarring to see. And, and yeah, uh, yeah. wins and losses don't, I mean, aren't the best predictor. Absolutely. But that's still just jarring to see. Um I, I think they're the better team here, I, I think, but I'm I'm not convinced they are really because right. we've seen just the way they've played as of late just hasn't been that good. Um, I don't think Northwestern's that great, but I mean, five and a half points feels like one of those, I don't have a clue what's going to happen in this game. So just give me points because anything is on the table yeah. here. Model says Ohio State on average by four and a half. So model thinks there's a little bit of value um, as well. Northwestern's playing about as the model's projected, but Ohio State, again, has been a big disappointment in the model's eyes as well. I don't think that's breaking any news. Uh, total in this one's 138 and a half. Model says 136.7. So the model would like under. Obviously, Northwestern wants to play a slower game and wants it to go under. If they have their way, it should stay under um, Ohio State. Not that they want to play it any faster necessarily, but Ohio State relying on that offense, they want to score more than they want to defend. Northwestern probably the other way around. So um, grabbing the five and a half here with the Wildcats. Cousin Jared, what do you got? I keep trying to come up with a college football analogy for this one, but my thought process is how much more of this from Ohio state do we need to see until we just say we're, we're just done with Ohio state, you know, blind, blindly fade them almost every game because they, you know, they've been losing. Some of these games haven't even been particularly close that they they've been losing. And it's not clearly they're the more talented team in some of these games and it's just, they just find a way to lose. And so, uh, 
for me, it's just if I'm getting points against Ohio State, I'm I'm taking the points at this point. I just I've seen enough to say I don't think they're very good, and hopefully they can turn around. You know, maybe they can make a run in the Big Ten tournament here in about a month or so. Uh, but man, it just just looked bleak for them uh, since the calendar's turned to 2023. Yeah, and I, I think Jake and I talked about this yesterday. One of those like, hey, it's it's kind of been working. Uh, why stop? If you've been fading Ohio State, you've been mostly making yeah. a lot of money, not necessarily every single game, but yeah. more times than not. And it's one of those, until they really show that they can turn this around, uh, I don't really see why you would take a, a different yeah. approach. And if they do, then again, you just say thanks for the memories and you move on. But yeah, um, as it is, I just don't trust them whatsoever. It's, well, especially when you're getting something like five and a half points. Like if this were like two or three, then you're like, okay, you know, the odds, if they were to win this game, the odds of winning by more than two or three, you know, that's a little different than like five and a half. And so I also think you got to look at the number there. At least for me, I feel like five and a half is way more valuable than like two and a half or three. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's another great point. Um, 8.30 Eastern, going to go a little bit to some smaller schools here, but what should be a fantastic game, Louisiana at Southern Miss. Louisiana 20 and four Southern Miss 21 and four. So, I mean, you got two teams here that are, uh, you know, neither one of them, unfortunately is eyeing an at large bid. We are talking about needing to win the conference tournament to make it, um, to make the big dance, but they've been winning all their games and that's really, or most of their games. And that's really all you can ask of them. Uh, Southern Miss being the home team here. I think these teams are about the same. So give me the home team laying a short number. I have a hard time really saying that Louisiana is the better team here. They both play about the same style louisiana has a slightly better offense but a slightly worse defense it should be a great game i'm on southern miss laying the two model says two and a half we backed southern miss 18 times this year and they have covered in 14 of those 18 for us again i like both these teams um but i just think southern miss is as good as louisiana so at home laying two is too good to pass up cousin jared I you took the words out of my mouth. Backing Southern Miss this year has been extremely profitable. They've been very good to us. I'm not getting off of that train. Additionally, with Louisiana, you mentioned their defense. I have some questions about their defense. Don't get me wrong. Their offense is really good. They can yep. put up some points. They like to play fast and everything. But when it comes down to it, I see Southern Miss getting like one or two stops towards the end of the game that I don't see Louisiana getting. And again, Southern Miss has just been so good to us. Uh, you know, like college football is one of those things where it's really hard to ride one team all season, yeah. unless you say like Duke or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, basketball, you have some of these smaller schools that can kind of slip through the cracks and really they could be good to you for the entire season. And I think Southern Miss is just going to be one of those teams. Yeah, one of those where it's like you keep thinking the value is going to stop and yeah. you're going to have to get off. And, and maybe that does happen later in the month or in the March, but it's like so yeah. far so good. Let's just keep doing it and, and, yeah. and hope that it, keep, it keeps paying off for us. Yeah, or maybe it's like in the in tournament whenever they get into the, their conference tournament and maybe, you know, they just like somebody grinds them to a halt or, you know, they're playing the third game in three days or something like that. Right. And maybe that changes the calculus on it. But yeah, as long as they're playing on normal rest, I, I don't see why we would keep backing them. Yeah, it just seems like the number hasn't quite up, quite caught up. I just, I really, again, the model says two and a half. Really, I'd make this three, three and a half at, at that, you know, probably probably that number where it's just too much to really back them because they could win a tight right. ball game. Louisiana is too good. So I just, I feel like they, they're not daring us um, in a way. They're just making it easy on us. And that doesn't mean Southern Miss doesn't cover. You never know in one game what's going to happen. Right, but right. just in general, I still think that they're not getting the respect they deserve. Uh, but speaking of riding teams, uh, not backing them though, fading them. Gonzaga. Yeah. 
a team that if you've been fading them all season, you've been doing fantastic. According to the numbers that I pulled, yeah. uh, seven and 16 against the spread this year. I mean, they're, they're not a bad team. I, and they probably get a little bit of, of hate because we're just used to them being so good. And now they're just mm-hmm. good. They're just not great. And they've had some great teams. We're going to grab the 14 and a half with San Francisco. The model says 12.7. So this is a pretty solid pick here, getting 14 and a half points with San Francisco. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I kind of the same lather, rinse, repeat thing we just said with Southern Miss. It's like, when is the number going to catch up to the fact that Gonzaga is just not able to dominate like they were before? I don't think they lose this game, but I think San Francisco is one of those. There's a bunch of teams in that conference that are just decent enough. I think they're decent enough to hang around and lose by 10 or lose by eight or lose by 12. I mean, 14 and a half is just a lot of points. Old school Gonzaga covers this game. The Gonzaga this year, I just don't think they've got it. I, I mean, you, you talk about maybe a bounce back spot of the St. Mary's game, but I don't really think if they had been covering and playing well all season, sure. Bounce back spot here. Tough loss to the rival. Now we're going to get, you know, focused back again after blowing that one, but this has been who they are all season. Like that wasn't a surprise that yeah. they, that they ended up losing that game because that's just what they've been doing. So yeah. uh, to me, it's just grab the points of San Francisco, keep riding the fade Gonzaga train. Uh, it's been good to us. And uh, you know, and, and, until it stops, uh, what do you think? Cousin Jared? I mean, Everything you just said, copy and paste exactly what I said last time I was on here. Gonzaga is just not that team this year. They're still a decent team, but not the team that they've been in the past. They're getting too many points. Can't wait to fade them as we go into March and can't wait for all the crazy people who have them going to like the Elite Eight in, in their bracket and then being completely wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, total in this one's 157. Models is 156. So it should be a fun game. Lots of points. Uh, that's been, of course, you know, both teams play extremely fast. And that's been, of course, Gonzaga's problem is they just don't have any defense. They, they right. can't get stops when they need it. San Francisco's offense is good enough to, to keep scoring, I think, and keep pace. Should be a lot of points. We think San Francisco can cover. Sticking in that conference, 10 p.m. Eastern, St. Mary's at Loyola Marymount. St. Mary's has just been a buzzsaw this year. They have been fantastic to back. Um, 16 and 8 against the spread. They keep performing well. They got it done. They needed overtime to do it against Gonzaga on Saturday, but they they pulled it out. They're eight and a half point favorites on the road. And here's my angle on this is I think people don't realize that Loyola Marymount is the clear third best team in that conference. Uh, BYU is pretty solid as well, so maybe it's third and fourth. But I think those – Loyola Marymount and BYU, the way BYU has been playing as of late, I think are inching closer to those top two. They're not there, right? They're not as good as St. Mary's or Gonzaga's. But I think they're both pretty solid teams. I think they're better than uh, the, the rest of the conference. I, I think at home, Loyola Marymount should be able to cover eight and a half. It's just too many points, in my opinion. Model says 7.8. When you go back to how the first game played out, St. Mary's won at home uh, 76 to 62 in what turned out to be a weird game. Neither team could really hit from three, but both teams hit a ton from two. That was at home. I think on the road here, St. Mary's coming off of the Gonzaga game, which I know it was a little bit while a while ago now, but that's still got to be in their minds. That's a big win for them. Now on the road, I think they've got to really focus on playing that slow, grinded out, good defensive game they play. I don't think they really want to play that game they played the first time because that game they played the first time, they shot from three about like they normally do. They're not a great three-point shooting team, but Loyola Marymount couldn't hit from three either. And if they play that game at Loyola Marymount and 
LMU gets hot from three, they could lose this game. I think on the road, their focus is going to be grind this game out, slow it down, make it ugly. And that makes covering eight and a half a little bit more likely because it's one of those where they're going to probably constantly be up by four, where Loyola Marymount never feels like they have a chance to win because of the way St. Mary's plays, but St. Mary's never really gets out to that 12-point lead. That'd be my prediction on this one. Uh, Cousin Jerry, what do you got? Yeah, sideline makes the total in this uh, just in within the, the 120s, and that tracks with everything that I've seen from St. Mary's this year, which makes me like the eight and a half points. I mean, I think this is going to be, to your point, a, a low-scoring game. Uh, St. Mary's has got to do what they do best here. You don't want to have an upset spot uh, after coming off that, that big win. So uh, I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game, so give me the eight and a half points. Yeah, the actual total is 130 in the model, like you said, makes it 129.6. Uh, but the model doesn't love the under, but like I said, I, I think the under would make a little bit of sense to correlated with the getting eight and a half, right. just because of the fact that I think that if that's the game plan to really just say, let's stay focused, let's do what we do. What do they do? They slow the game down and they play great defense. And by doing that again, it feels like a game that's going to be more in the you know, 65 to 60 range than the 70 to 65 range. And if it isn't that 65, 60 type range, I think 130 is going to be tough to get to. And I think eight and a half is going to be a pretty tough number to cover. Yep. Uh, one last late one here before we get to the Wild Herd game. 11 p.m. Eastern, UC Santa Barbara getting one at Long Beach State. UC Santa Barbara 18-4, and four, hanging around with UC Irvine there at the top of that conference. Those are the two best teams in the Big West. Long Beach State, not a bad team, uh, but I think UC Santa Barbara wins this game. Model says that they should be favored by 1.2. I'm just thinking back to last Saturday when UC Irvine went to Long Beach State, should have won that game. I talked about it. There was that questionable call at the very end. I didn't see anything weird in that. I just thought UC Irvine was a better team, just didn't quite get it done. I think Santa Barbara's probably pretty even. I think they can do the same thing that Irvine did, just hopefully they don't give up that last-second foul that takes the game to overtime. Um, not Again, not that Long Beach State's bad. I just think this is a, an easier travel spot here. It's, it's obviously not like, you know, hopping in the car or like, you know, Jared, like cousin Jared, like you and me would do here in Texas in just a, a nice little 20 minute drive down the road. I, I get that right. there's some traffic down there, but it's a better road trip, you know, than going up to the, you know, completely different part of the state, yeah, having to fly right. across different states. It's just yeah. not that taxing. Um, I think Santa Barbara can win this game. I think they're a better team, and I don't think it's a terrible road spot. Because, uh, Jared, what do you got? So, I mean, we know that UC Santa Barbara is a pretty good team or a solid team at the very least. The record kind of speaks for itself. When you go look at Long Beach State, They've got a bunch of close wins over middling teams. They've got a couple of blowouts. They've won a couple of blowouts against the worst teams in the conference. Uh, but then they just don't show up in the in the not don't show up in the biggest games. But they got blown out. You know, the first time they played UC Irvine, for example. And so I think that Long Beach State is. Uh, a, not a middling team, slightly above middling in this mm-hmm. conference. Uh, you know, they're winning a lot of these uh, games over the middle tier teams by a couple of points. I don't think that's going to translate to UC Santa Barbara. I think it's closer to Irvine. You mentioned kind of some weird things happening at the end of that game. I'll go back to Long Beach State got blown out the first time they played Irvine. And I think that's kind of the the game that you're going to get from UC Santa Barbara here, who I, I think is the best team in the conference. And so uh, I see this one ended up more like UC Ir- Ir- Irvine, excuse me, uh, UC Santa Barbara by like eight, maybe closer mm. than, you know, one. All right, uh, so that's a that's a that's a big call there going for the eight point victory. I, li- I like I like the I like when one of us randomly throws on something like that because we have something fun to track and see like how close we can get. Because there was that one time that I called uh, a Vir- I think it was a Virginia game and I was off by like one point in the whole thing. And yeah. It's just like yeah. when you can actually accidentally nail something like that, it's it's fun for everybody, right? Yeah. When you're when you're wrong, who cares? But when you're right, hey, 
That's impressive. Exactly. Well, it's yeah, it's nice because it's like when you're wrong, like sure, you like predicted something random, like there was no way yeah. you're going to be right, but then you're really close. You know, you get to, <laughs> you get to enjoy it. So, because uh, it's right on the record, you see Santa Barbara by eight. I, I think they win. I don't know by how much, but uh, yeah, I just think they're the better team. And uh, again, not a terrible road spot, about a hundred miles on the road, a little bit of traffic, sure, but uh, it's not like the road trips. Uh, thankfully, in that conference, most of the trips, not all, but most of them, are really short, which yep. gives the road teams a, a little bit less of a disadvantage than say in the um, in the WAC, where you know you're traveling from you know basically halfway across the country by playing those teams right. uh, out, out west playing yeah. the teams in texas i mean it's just yeah. crazy travel in some of those uh but yep. here it's not nearly as bad so uh, we like santa barbara in that one which takes us to our overtime game uh because you, you made the comment to me when i said hey what's what's our what's our wild card game here our off the wall game and you talked about the south and i was like that makes sense i like this south and angle it's it's one that we kind of keep an eye on it's not as much fun as it was last year last year we talked about like there was just no defense crazy None. hectic pace of play it was a lot of fun watching these you know night in and night out like 90 to 80 games sometimes 190 games you know that sort of stuff yeah um but we still think there's a good edge on this one even though there probably won't be 200 points in it southeast louisiana laying two at mcneese state um mcneese state not good uh, Southeast Louisiana has been very good to us backing them. Uh, we backed them 17 times. They are 11 and six. Uh, McNeese State, again, not only are they bad, but they've actually uh, failed to cover more games than they have covered. So uh, short travel spot here as well. Much better team on the road laying a short number. I love laying one, laying two, something like that. Uh, too good to pass up here. Uh, Cousin Jared, tell us more. I think McNeese is just garbage this year. They are just not very good at all. Uh, I think conference play, especially as we head into March, is going to be really tough on them, uh, especially as they play some of these teams that can put up a little more points in, in the Southland. Although scoring may be down a little bit, there's still going to be some teams that are just going to be able to go all up and down the court with McNeese, and McNeese isn't going to have an answer. And so I, I think that Southeastern Louisiana is a – Better team than McNeese, mostly because McNeese is bad. And I get a short number like two. It just seems like it seems like this line should be like five and not two, in my opinion. So or at least four. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to lay the two point short number against a really bad team. Sign me up. Yeah, it reminds me of that Southern Miss game we talked about earlier, which uh, same part of the country, um, uh, just on the road, right? But that same sort of thing where it's like they really should make this like three and a half at least. And at that number, it's yeah. like you're thinking about it. You know, you still might take it, but you're at least it's a, it's a tougher ask, right? But when you stay with right. these really low numbers like this, you're like, nah, it's just it's it's way too low. It's not a tough decision, at least, you know. If it was up three and a half, four and a half, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit like, yeah, they're on the road. They might just, you know, escape. Back door might be open, whatever. But at two, having, not having to worry about that. Um, like you said, it's really just as simple as uh, how, how right. bad McNeese is and them not being able to get a lot of wins. Uh, Southeast Louisiana, 14 and 10. McNeese, 5 and 19. And they played pretty comparable schedules. So, I mean, that just does show you. Southeast Louisiana, not great, but they're meh. You know, they're, yeah. they're not they're not good. McNeese is <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Well, then that's all the games that we're going to cover. Cousin Jared, any parting words? Nope. We're not uh, going to get it. Not, not going to give you a college football countdown today. <laughs> we're getting close to baseball. Pitchers and catchers report in like a week. So we're, uh, that's just around the yeah. corner. Yeah, that, that's going to be exciting. Can't can't wait. I hope I get to do, I don't know what day of the week it is. I hope I get to do opening day. It was a lot of fun doing the opening day show last year on a Thursday. I remember I took the Cardinals on the run line for no real reason at all. Uh, aside, Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols and Adam Wainwright were all in the same team still. I was like, yeah, they're going to win this winning by multiple runs. And guess what? I covered. So you know what? Can't wait for opening day this year when I can make a random bet like that again. 
I mean, it's good times all around, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Fix with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content provided on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more college basketball talk. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.